Welcome to the Redbird's Nest. I'm Big Red Austin, and I'm joined by Remington. Hey, how's it going? And Jake. Hey, everybody. And this week we're talking about our weekly recap, the playoffs, and our regular season awards. So, guys, what what are your thoughts about this last week in Cardinals baseball? Um... Well, last week I I don't even I don't even want to consider last week after we clinched. You know, I that's what I don't really want to think about is just because I feel like we're just as soon as we clinched, nothing else mattered in the minds of some people. Like we wanted to win games, but we were also giving guys breaks and I don't know. I, I liked the last game at Bush. It was pretty memorable. Um definitely going to see a lot of pictures of that moving forward but as far as stats and everything goes i i'm not really paying too close of attention to that and just kind of hoping for the best in this in the october baseball um that is the postseason so not sure how you guys feel but that was yeah. my outlook yeah i feel about the same way um it was a pretty uh pretty unremarkable week i would say once we clinched it officially seemed like I don't want to say that nobody cared, but you could tell just with the ball club, with the lineups that were being put out, it was it was a different mindset. It was a different mentality for this last week. There was guys getting rest that normally we'd see in the lineup every day. There was lackluster lineups almost every single day. Um, we still came out of it playing 500 ball, four and four. But like I said, ultimately not what you want to see, but we we weren't – I don't think at that point we were – thinking about winning games i think that we went ahead and looked ahead to the wild card series and said okay what are we what can we do in this last week that will set us up for the most success moving forward and ultimately i obviously i want to see us win games but i kind of respect that the the issue that i have with how this past week went um we were playing the pirates uh, played six in a row against the pirates in my mind I think that this past week was a missed opportunity because the Pirates are just not a good ball team at this point in time. And the way that our offense has been struggling to score runs, um, I, I'm i not saying that our starting lineup should have been on the field every single day. But when you look at it statistically, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt had like their worst month of the entire season, respectively, with the month of September. I would have had those guys in the lineup making sure that they were getting hacks trying to get back on the right foot going into this wild card series. But apparently there's a different philosophy around the ball club. It seemed seemed like everyone thinks everything's okay and we're going to have it pulled together tomorrow by 1 o'clock. So, I don't know. Say, say I hope we've got it figured out tomorrow by 1. Because, I mean, going go – what four and two against the Pirates in six games? That should not be happening. Or was it three and three? It it was three and three. All right, my we my man on the four and two. Yeah, we won the first series two to one in St. Louis, and then we lost the second one in Pittsburgh one to two. So say I wasn't a hundred percent sure because I was like, like you too. I I really wasn't paying attention yeah and there was just i'll tell you i think that this week 
kind of put things into perspective for me. I mean, the offense, we didn't necessarily, I wouldn't want to say we had a hard time scoring runs. There was times it was definitely lackluster, but like the one game we put up 13, one of the games we lost, we put up five. Um, the other game we won, we put up eight. So like the offense was there, but it almost seemed to me like whenever you don't have this, our starting lineup on the field. So whenever you don't have Arenado, Goldschmidt, Edmund in the lineup every day, this this team's kind of a lost cause, honestly. I think that this past week just shows that those guys are just the absolute backbone of this lineup, and they're going to have to be in it if we're going to make it anywhere. Yeah, yes, we need Donovan, Edmund, Arenado, Goldschmidt, and Pujols, at least in some combination that ha- have things going, they even think about winning the wild card series. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, I think for me, it's just uh, our start there this past week. And ultimately that's not what you want whenever it's argued. It's like the biggest question mark we have going into this wild card series. Um, Quintana looked good. Michaelis looked good. Dakota Hudson looked like dog shit. Um, Flaherty did not look. Flaherty didn't look great. Wayno didn't look great. Um, there's just a lot of questions for us right now with this starting rotation. It's I think that as we move into this uh, into this wild card series, we're gonna know real quick where. I think that it's either I think it's pretty evident either our starters are gonna come out and they're gonna be absolutely lights out. Or we're going to know within two innings whether we're in trouble. Exactly. Yeah. If we want to go anywhere in October, we need to play like we did in August. I mean, that's all there is. If we play September baseball like we did in, or if we play in the postseason like we did in September, we're not making it out of the wild card. It's just, yeah. If we, I don't think, I don't think so. Um, I hope that's not the case, and I don't want to be negative, but we have to have – I mean, Quintana's been a bright spot. Michael's been a bright spot recently. Um, Montgomery can be. It's just, you know, word is out on his fastball, and I think that they're just going to use it a little more sparingly than that, what they have been. But um, And it just got to hit spots, really. Um, if Goldschmidt's not get, going, getting at least one hit, if he's not going one for three, one for four, that's going to hurt us. It's just he's had – I'm not going to say he's had a bad September compared to everybody else on the team, but he hasn't had a Goldschmidt September. No. I mean, in the, the month of, of September year. alone, we've watched his average drop 10 points. Yeah. He came into September so, batting right around 330, three, even a little three, bit. 335. I was going to say even north of 330, and by the end of the season here, he's at 319. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 points, really. Yeah. So – like we said, not not what we want to see rolling into the wild card. But all things considered with that, I I think that there is a difference. I'm not looking, like I said, I'm not looking too much into this past week what happened with the Pirates because everybody knows like the the playoff atmosphere is just different. Everybody's a little more uh alert, the adrenaline's up. Guy I think that this team's gonna be ready to go. 
ultimately. I think that they're going to be ready to go. Um, but that's, like I said, I think it'll be very evident. I know I said it with the starting pitchers, but I think it'll be very evident. After the first three innings tomorrow, I think we'll know whether we're ready or not. Plus, plus you can got to consider the just not the play, players w- will be amped up, but you can guarantee that Bush Stadium is going to be sold out, standing room only, of people wanting playoff baseball, yeah, a 12, 12 world twelfth World Series championship to send Yali Wayno and Pujols off in the right way. So that, there's also also that home field advantage. Big Red, I don't think I told you yet, but uh, I'll be there Saturday. I, I better hear you on the radio <laughs> or broadcast. I'm, hey, let me borrow your uh, big red jersey. I'll wear it, and then I'll stand up so you can you know where I'm at. I'm going to be in the left field bleachers. Well, if you come early enough Friday or Saturday, we, we can pull it off. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I mean – not getting too much into the playoff series, the wild card series, because we've got quite a big segment going up or uh, coming up on that. Well, we can actually move right into it if you guys want to. Um, I think that the obvious, obvious advantage we have against the Phillies, I I don't know if I can think in recent uh, memory of any time where it's going to matter more that this series is being played in Bush Stadium. And yes, entirely. And I I think that if we have one huge advantage over the Phillies, that's where it is. We're just absolutely lights out playing at home. Our starting ERA is dropped by like a point and a half whenever we're pitching at home versus when we're pitching on the road. And that could not come at a better time for us, just the way that we've been throwing the ball recently. Um, I just, we're too good at home to lose this series, I think in the playoff atmosphere that is Bush Stadium, that place is going to be rocking. There's going to be 46,000 people there on their feet every time Pujols comes up to bat. Um, you know, Arenado's amped up. He said all along that all he wants to do is win a division and play in the playoffs is winning the division. And by God, we're here. If he's it, – it's, it's going to be electric. Yes, yes, it will. I mean, Arenado, he's kind of an energy person. Plus, he's an all-star, nine-time gold glover. You got Paul Goldschmidt, who arguably is the MVP in the National League this year. You've got Pujols returning. Him and Yachty are both for sure retiring at the end of the year. It might be Wainwright's last year. I mean, you got Lars Newtbar who just, you know, brings the energy regardless. Yeah. Let's put it this way. Here's my prediction. Well, this isn't really a prediction. This is just a philosophy. I think that if this – I think if we can make it out of the wild card round – I think we're going to roll. I think we're going to make it to the NLCS if we make it through the wild card round. 
I think there's a very real chance because I, I forget who tweeted it, but I saw there that the Phillies and starts by Aaron Nola are 15 and 17, and they're also below 500. And Zach Wheeler starts. Well, and with Zach Wheeler, I saw it today. And granted, this was just a Twitter thing, so I don't know if this is exactly right. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the Phillies starting pitching staff. I know that Zach Wheeler was on the IL for a significant amount of time this year. I think he had a forearm strain or something like that. In his, He's only been, I didn't know this, he's only been back three starts, supposedly, allegedly. I did not fact check this. And in the past three starts, he has thrown 50-something pitches, 60-something pitches, and the most he's thrown. Yeah. But it makes me well, think, okay, well, this guy's guy nice. Be, he's dang good. I mean, just look at it. He's, he's cruising to a 12-7 and seven record right now. With a 1.04. Um, but if we can just outlaw if we can just outlast him, take some good at bats, burn his pitch count up a little bit, we might we might be good. I would put up our bullpen up against anybody's, and I think that might. Did well, you say but... Zach Wheeler? Yes. Could I be? Am I wrong? Yes. No, no. I'm. I'm. I saw on MLB Network uh, two days ago. I guess yeah, it'd be Tuesday. Um, that we actually hit Aaron Nola fifty points better than we do Zach Wheeler. I'm all in. We bet to wait. That's uh, hold on. That's not correct. They his ERA, Aaron Nola's ERA against us. That's what it is. Is 50 points better than what Zach Wheeler's or okay. 50 points worse than what Zach Wheeler's is. So Aaron okay. Nola's is like a 2.9 against us. Zach Wheeler's is a 2.5. Okay. I believe. Let's go. Yeah. Well, and I just double checked it so Zach Wheeler has only pitched three starts since August 20th. He pitched September 21st, the 27th, and then October 2nd. I mean, he was pretty good in all those. Like I said, on a limited pitch count, it looks like the his average among those was in like the 220s for the opposing team. But you never know. He's a... Uh, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. I, I mean, it's not really the same thing because they're two different people, but it's like would you really trust somebody or would you bet money on somebody coming off the IL that's only pitched three starts since August and not thrown over 80 pitches in a game one series? Maybe, maybe not, but I like our odds. Now, now if it was like a guy like Max Scherzer or Jacob DeGrom, I, I, I would bet on those guys. Yeah. Well, Jacob, Jacob DeGrom can be injured for 10 years and then come out and, have a no hitter, so it's um, a unless he's different breed, unless he's pitching to Dansby Swanson and then he is garbage. But it's true. <laughs> uh, but I mean, on the other hand, they did prove that Jacob Degrom is human. So I mean that that must seem pretty good for the Padres fans right now. But yeah, I like I said, I think that the atmosphere and the home field advantage is going to carry us a long, long way. And I say long. It's going to carry us through these two, possibly three games that we're playing here against the Phillies. But we'll, we'll know really, really quick whether uh, 
we're the playoff team that we think we that we know we have the ability to be. Yeah, that's the thing is if we play like we did in August, we're winning a World Series. You know, it's just oh, yeah. hands down. I don't even think it's close. But I mean, if you look at everything we've done, our August numbers were worlds above anybody yeah. else around us. I mean, ERA, everything was better. Uh, we're a World Series team. We have it. It's just, is it couldn't get all together? Yeah. The, there's a couple things that scare me with our kind of going into like the roster and what we can potentially see here. So, and it does, I don't want to say it necessarily scares me, but um, whenever we have our best lineup on the field, that it, that'll include Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols. Um, is electric as good as much better as we are with Yadi behind the plate and Albert Pujols in the lineup in a playoff game? Our base running suffers right there with those two guys in it immensely. Yeah, obviously, and that's tough. speed wise. Speed wise, yes, but both of them are still. Get smart base runners. Yeah, but that doesn't do you a damn bit of good if they get yeah. doubled up every single time. Not, I mean, it's a it's a it's a fifty fifty shot. If there's a if there's a single, like in the that's hit to like right center, neither one of those guys are probably scoring. Whereas, like if you had Andrew Kisner behind the plate, I mean, he's no speed demon, but he's probably going to score. Well, he, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I said, yeah, we're suffering speed-wise. Yeah. Well, I'm not time. worried about them getting picked off on the bases or anything. That's true. I don't no, think they're going to make no. that bad of decisions. No. <clears throat> I mean, common sense is all you're looking for there out of those guys. So, and it, it's it's not like they're going to send them in on a close play at the plate. <laughs> so, I don't know. I do agree. But, and you also... Also got to, excuse me. You also got to look at extra base hits too. I mean, Yadi and Pujols can both crank one and slow roll it all the way to the wall, and it's still a question as to whether or not it's going to be a double. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I mean, whenever some guys might be looking at easy stand up doubles, possibly even rounding the base, looking at third, um, they're standing on first base. Yeah. Which it's a, is fine considering the amount of RBIs and stuff you you can play into that equation. Like you, it ends up even itself out, especially for Pujols. Um, but I would almost guarantee that probably two out of the three games in the eighth inning, we're gonna be pinch running Ben Deluzio. Well, and and in the case of this wild card game where it's you know you have to win that only makes sense even even as much as like like you said eight let's say eighth inning Yadier Molina is on second base um yeah there's there's no doubt in my mind that in that situation you have to pinch run for him and then let Kisner take over even if you're for like two innings even if you're three runs up on a team the only thing you've got to worry about on that is we're we're only going to have two catchers total. And if something happens, God forbid to like Kisner in the ninth inning or something, you know, then you're screwed. There's only one man you can put behind the plate. If Yachty and Kisner are both out and that's ultimate utility man, Tommy Edmond. 
No, I was going to say Donovan. <laughs> oh, well, yes. <laughs> One of those two guys has to be behind the plate. There's just no other option. I'd bet my cards on Yepes behind the plate. I was kind of thinking that as well. Oh, fuck, throw Burleson back there. I don't know if he'll be on the roster. He's not on the roster. We'll get to that in a little bit. But he is not. But, um, yeah, rounding it out with a, our, just a miniature preview before we really get into all the details of this uh, wild card matchup. I I like our chances. I real realistically looking at it, I think that we're pretty pretty evenly matched against the Phillies whenever you look at who we have like in our lineups. So like for the Phillies, you know that they're going to have Kyle Schwarber who just can seems like he can crank one at any given time. You're going to have Bryce Harper in there. Uh, you're going to have JT Real Muto. Uh, Reese Hoskins seems like he is just an absolute cardinal killer. Whenever we've played our series against him, uh, Nick Castellanos, <sighs> no douchebag. <laughs> I was going to say, don't remind me about Castellanos, but I just, uh, when you look at our offense, I would probably give us the edge. I mean, Brandon Marsh is pretty good for them as well, but I think we match up pretty well. I think that it's just going to come down to maybe, maybe relief pitching. I don't know which I feel like where we have the upper hand and then home field advantage, really. Well, if you remember, the Phillies bullpen has struggled the past couple of years. Yeah. And, hey, we, we get to see, see our old friend Edmundo Sosa, probably. And uh, Yairo Munoz is on the Phillies as well. Oh, yeah. Forgot about M- Munoz. I don't know if he's been playing or not. I just wasn't. Not, not, didn't he get like excused from the Cardinals? Didn't we cut him? <laughs> or am I thinking of somebody else? Well, we cut him because during the twenty twenty spring training, he kind of left. Yeah, that's spring right. Training and didn't tell anybody yeah. where <laughs> what he's doing. And, and this is me paraphrasing the front office, just like, "Hey, Yairo, the fuck you doing?" Yeah, uh, I, I went home. The fuck you mean you went home? Uh, I went home because of uh, this COVID thing. Well, dude, you're caught. Well, well, hey. well, well said. That was good. <laughs> you pretty much summed it all up right there. So, I mean. I can't say that I wouldn't have uh, done the same thing if I were them, I guess. I... Honestly, if you'd have said that that was a quote and not paraphrased, I'd have believed it. <laughs> well, from a fan perspective, it's it kind of is what happened, so. Yeah. Well, you're you're right on the money. I can't, uh... yeah, I can't, I can't argue that at all, so. Okay, you guys want to move into uh, what roster moves that we've got coming up for the wild card? Who's on our roster and who's not? Works for me. So, just some notables. And I can't find where this is released anywhere. So, this is once again coming from... This is all via Katie Wu on Twitter. Woo! Um, Woohoo! <laughs> our good old buddy, Tyler O'Neill is not going to be active for the wild card series. Apparently his hamstring has not made enough improvement and they're not where they want him to be. So they are uh, not activating him and hoping that he can make it back hopefully by the NLCS. 
I don't know about you guys. I know we have certain feelings about Tyler O'Neill. This has not been his greatest year. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. But ultimately, I think this hurts us a little bit because at this point in time, Ty, we have the best outfield defensive outfield we can have with Tyler O'Neill out there. Yes. I mean, even if he's not starring, he, he, he still provides use. Coming in late as a pinch runner, defensive substitution, that kind of player, even if he's not starring in the outfield, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I, I don't like Tyler O'Neill all that much, but he's a good defender. I mean, he's a gold glover for a reason. I'd rather have him out there on defense. I'd rather have Dickerson swinging the bat, but I guess I, I'm okay with – I would rather have O'Neal playing left field than Dickerson. I would as well. And, and at the same time, I would rather have O'Neal on the base paths, I think. I, Dickerson's no slouch. I mean, he's not super slow or anything, but O'Neal is just a speed demon. And it can make up for a little lack of speed that we have from our old man players, but – so Tyler O'Neill not on the lineup. Didn't really expect him to be. Um, the big move. Paul, well, it's not even a big move. Paul DeYoung is on the roster. Yeah, no, as much as oh, as much as I don't not? as much as I don't want him to be, he is literally the only one of the only backup middle infielders we have. Well, that's the way you've got to look at him. Um, I was talking to somebody a little bit ago. It's like, and we're going to get into Gorman, I'm sure too, but yeah, you know, you've got to have a backup. You've got to play that into perspective. Where, where do you need a guy? And because, yeah, because you know, Donovan's going to be at second admin at short. That's, that's the way it's got to be. And, of course, the infield will be Arenado, Edmund, Darwin, Goldschmidt from left to right with Pujols DHing more than likely. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got to play the guys that have, you know, constantly proven that, you know, that they're ready for the playoffs in the regular season. Yeah. Well, well, and, and going, going back to the Dickerson thing, I was just thinking about that. I wouldn't be surprised either if Dickerson goes 0 for 4 first game. I wouldn't be surprised to see Yepes start in second game, left field. That's a huge possibility, honestly. Um, with the with the DeYoung thing, I just obviously he's terrible at the plate. Can't. There's no way around that. But I. I think that his defense has even regressed a little bit from that. That used to be his shining point that he was a black hole at defense. He was pretty good. He's made quite a few errors, uh, especially in recent games, but he's, I mean, what are you going to do if you don't have him on the, in the roster, like in the, not in the lineup, but on the roster, like on the bench and God forbid Tommy Edmond or Brendan Donovan gets hurt. I mean, who other than him is going to play middle infield? 
I, yeah, I would much, I'd, I'd much rather him have him defensively than Gorman. Yeah, and you're exactly right. You've got to have him. That's, I understand the move. It's not a, it's not a move. You know, I understand the decision. Just don't play him. Just don't play him. You can have him on the roster. Just don't play him. You're yeah. under no pressure to play him. None. Everybody yeah, is so. perfectly happy with Paul DeYoung on the roster. I don't think that anybody will bitch or moan about Paul DeYoung being on the roster. Just don't just, play him. Just can't play him when you're wanting to send out two, possibly three franchise legends. I don't. I don't even think that we're trying to win this for them. We're just trying to win it. Yeah. I yeah, mean, realistically, we, we really they've are. had their send off. They, they're all everything's great with them. We're just going to use them as a tool to win. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what they want. And and there's a big difference with Paul DeYoung. Like, and this isn't just with Paul DeYoung. This is with any player. There's a big difference between being on the roster and being in the starting lineup. You know, it's it. There's a possibility that he might not even see the field, and I'm completely okay with that. Yeah, yeah, people. yeah. I'm okay with that too. I think most people will be. Then, if they aren't okay with that, then they haven't watched any of the games this year. Yeah. But kind of moving on. What else so, you got? So moving past that, we've already kind of hit on it a little bit. Nolan Gorman is on the roster. I. <sighs> I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I guess the only I, the only reason I can think about Gorman being on the roster is so you have a power bat from the left side. But in turn with that, you're taking away Alec Burleson. Alec Burleson's not on the roster and Nolan Gorman is. And I don't know how I feel about that. Well, I think that it's a depth thing again as well. You know, one more middle infielder versus – you can throw people in the outfield, you know. And I mean, I mean how I play the outfield in Lily. Well, Red, there's a big difference there. <laughs> well, I know, but still, I was, I, I was still slow, slow as hell back, back in grade school. So, well, I mean, regardless of that, I just think that it's probably a middle infield thing instead of a power bat because nobody's going to argue with what Burleson has done in AAA and even. With the Cardinals, his average doesn't show it, but he takes pretty good at bats. And his last game against the Pirates, he got unlucky. He hit two right down the line that just barely sneaked fair. They should have been foul balls. It's just if he swings first pitch, it's usually on something down the middle. And he either cranks it or gets unlucky. He hits the ball hard. He takes good at bats. So I don't think that that move to pull him off is an offensive thing. It might be, you know, and because I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's not about more depth in your middle infield. Yeah, and and realistically, it's like I I think you hit the nail on the head with your depth at middle infield. The thing that I was thinking of at first was like, okay, we've seen Burleson in the outfield. We know he's good in the outfield. He played there all year long in AAA, so he has experience in the outfield. The other day we saw him play first base. It's like, okay, well, he's adding a little bit of value because we can use him as a fill-in. But at the same time, you can put Juan Yepes at first base just the same. 
Oh yeah, and Yepes is a first baseman. Yeah, literally. So, the, I I think the only advantage Burleson had over anybody there is a left-handed bat um, that you're essentially replacing with a left-handed bat. So, yeah. Plus, uh, uh, this is a little advantage toward towards Yepes. He can play first, third, left, and right. So. Not saying he's better better than Burleson. It's just he can play that one extra infield position. Well, I think the real advantage that Yepes has is the fact that he has seen gobs of major league pitchers and performed at a high level. Not so much his defense because we've seen some of the defensive plays that he's made and said, oh, man, (laughs) are we sure about this? Um, yeah, probably the fact that he's kind of a uh, proven what he can do w- with his bat, especially when he's right. And I think that he's showing that he is right right now. I think that he's a guy we can lean on, which is another reason why I wouldn't be surprised to see him start at least one game in left field, uh, potentially even in the wild card. Yeah. Yeah. So. That I think for the most part that pretty much covers all of our positional uh players in the roster. I do believe we have Ben Deluzio. It's not a hundred percent reported yet, but I I think you have to have Deluzio on the lineup or or uh, on the roster just for late inning pinch running situations. Or maybe if we're in a situation where we're up by one and we need a more defensive based lineup in the field, you and let's say we're in a situation where we have Yepes in the outfield or something, you almost can use Deluzio as a defensive sub as well. So Yeah, because you can move people around depending yeah, on exactly you know, who you've got. Because I would be okay even moving Carlson to right, Newt Bar to center, and or anywhere. You can move all those yeah. guys around. They're all fast. Yeah, you yeah. You could switch those guys, interchange them out. That so um so moving on to the relievers. Um Dakota Hudson was sent down and Jojo Romero was sent down and they are not available for a long time. They are, I think that they are ineligible to be called back up for 15 days. Uh, Unless there's like an injury. Yes. Unless there's an injury. So they're, they're gone for the next two weeks. So once we move on and move into the other series that we still can't have those guys. Um, In turn with that, our left-handed relievers are Steven Matz Thompson and, Surprisingly, Packy Naughton is back. And Packy Naughton was was taken over the place of uh, Cabrera. Him and Cabrera were battling for that final, like, left-handed pitching spot, and Packy Naughton got it. Well, I'd rather have Packy than Cabrera a lot of times, too. I'd rather have (laughs) Neither. There's just some of those times, though, where Cabrera... I, I kid you not, if Cabrera could just work on his control, he would be a top left-handed reliever in the league. The yeah. dude can just straight pump gas. He's got nasty breaking stuff. By God, he just does not know how to throw a strike. No. Yeah. I, I like- mean, he, he's exciting to watch when he's right. Yes. But if he does not have it, he it's tough to listen to, tough to watch. Tough to even think about. Right. 
it's um yeah it, i mean you can't put him on the roster and kind of, i guess just hoping that you're going to get that electric stuff that he has like you you can't put him on the roster knowing that there's a 50-50 shot whether or not he's going to win the game for you or lose the game exactly he's like our Lotus Chapman when Chapman first came up. Yeah. You you just don't know where the ball's gonna go. Yeah. And, and when you're throwing a hundred miles an hour, that that's scary shit. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean that's you gotta send Jojo Romero down in this case because God he cannot throw a strike recently. I mean, uh, he's got good he stuff. He did good but... one game. The game before he he walked the final run in, he looked good. But he, and honestly, whenever he did that, he got screwed on like he two did. pitches there. That count should have been two and two, not four balls. Well, and regardless of even getting screwed on the pitches, you've got to put yourself like, you are you bring a guy in in the ninth inning, and then out of nowhere you say, hey, you got to hurry up and warm up. This isn't going well. You got it's a complete mentality change, and he comes into this game as a brand new cardinal, really, and is expected to get the job done. Gets a couple calls that don't go his way, walks one in, and then immediately gets sent down. I kind of sympathize for him, empathize rather. Yeah, well, for him because yeah, and I hated to see it. Yeah, well, and then I'm something else you might not think of right off the bat. He came from the Phillies. Yeah. Those guys know what kind of stuff that he has. They see him pitch every single day in the bullpen sessions or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. we're not gaining anything by us throwing a guy that everybody on their team has seen before. So, hell, hell, we would be losing stuff. Yeah, literally. So, there's that. Um, and this is kind of regressing a little bit, but I also just realized um, another advantage for having Gorman up. I believe that the Phillies have primarily a right-handed dominant pitching staff. So even though he's got a pretty high swing and miss rate, it, I guess technically if you're a statistic loving man, like our old boy Marmel, then that seems like the right move. See, the only lefty that comes to the top of my head is Ranger Suarez. Yeah. And he, he's, scheduled to go game three on Sunday mm-hmm. if necessary. Yeah. Well I guess we'll see. I mean that's the thing is you've got to almost you've got to put your trust into what they're doing. And they know they've made these decisions. They've got everybody talking about what they need to do. And these are conversations, I'm sure not these, probably even more educated conversations than these of what they need to do, why they're making these moves. Um it's just fun to speculate about why they did. I, I put the trust into it. I think that yeah, whatever moves they're making are probably the right moves. Yeah. And I think that one move that's evident about that moving into the starting rotation is the fact that we're starting Jose Quintana first game. Yeah. And I right. think that it's it's so easy for a fan base to sit here and be like, oh my God, why is uh you know just for the just for the sentimental value, I guess, or whatever. Why is Wayno not starting this game? It's like, have you seen him pitch recently? This decision of who's starting pitching is going completely based off of like merit of how these guys pitched in September. 
And it's like, it seems like with the decisions we're making with the roster and then who's pitching, it's like, oh, okay, we're not, we're not pitching this just, uh, or we're not going after this just thinking, oh, well, this is, you know, this is, this is good. Like, we got to have Wainwright out there starting. He's just a veteran. He's got all the experience. It's like, no, he's been pitching like shit. We're going to pitch our best pitcher at the time right now, regardless of whether we just got him in the trade and he's only had eight starts for the team. Like, that's the best guy pitching right now. That's who we're going to start. Yeah, and I, I will say that I wouldn't be surprised, you know, God willing, if we do make it past the wild card. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals try to use, like, a borderline four-man roster pitching or, you know, pitching rotation, rather. Try to use Wayno. Like that wouldn't surprise me, but you know, it's just speculation. Yeah. Well, and that's um that's what I was reading some stuff going into today. So the the starters for the first two games have been announced. Starter tomorrow will be Jose Quintana. Starter on Saturday will be Miles Michaelis. And then on Saturday, or in any of those two games, any time, Montgomery, Flaherty, and Wayno will be available out of the pen. So in turn with that, I mean, they didn't announce a Sunday starter because, God, we don't know if we're going to need it. But at the same time, there was some speculation that if we do make it to the divisional round, either Flaherty or Wayno is going to be starting. And and dear God help us if it's Flaherty. I just – there's so many people advocating for Flaherty starting, and I just – I don't understand. Like, I really don't. Yes, he has, like, he's got swing and miss stuff. Like, when he's right, which we haven't seen him be right since 2019, but when he's right, he's got the best swing and miss stuff of any pitching staff or any pitcher on our pitching staff. But the dude, he just, he gives up so many bombs. I'm sorry, but Mm -hmm. I'm not putting Jack Flaherty out there against an absolutely red-hot Atlanta Braves. Well, yes, yeah, so, since 2020, he's either been injured or he just hasn't ha- had the stuff. I mean, well, the people advocating for Jack Flaherty to start, why, why are you on? Because that must be some good stuff. Well, whether you're on, I don't ne- even necessarily think that Flaherty's stuff is awful like we've seen his stuff isn't terrible it's he can't to kind of quote what brad thompson would say is you can have swing and miss stuff but if you don't throw your first pitch as a strike which we've heard brad thompson say a million times uh you're you're shooting yourself in the foot because then you're constantly working from behind and so then he which he always is seems like he tries to throw something nasty first pitch. It's a ball, and then he's trying to catch up, leave something over the plate, and it gets hit 450 feet. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it, kind of been exactly. the that I've seen from him. But what do I know? Nothing. We don't know shit, honestly. No, we don't know shit. But, but I just wonder whether those people are still stuck in 2019 or on something that's very good. I, if you want my opinion, it, if we have to go to a game three on Sunday, the only answer for who you can have starting that game is Montgomery. Yeah. Especially just whenever you look at it, the the two biggest people that are going to hurt you in the Phillies lineup are Schwarber and Harper, and they have both not hit well against left-handed 
pitching. So it's like, why is that? That's it's a no brainer. I mean, whenever you look at Montgomery, people are like, okay, yeah, he's he's been. I don't want to say worse. He hasn't been as great as his first like six starts he had with us or whatever. But at the same time, I mean, the dude's not pitching bad. Like he's he had two outings where he got roughed up pretty tough against the Dodgers and Milwaukee. But other than that, I mean, he hasn't pitched any worse than anyone else. He's he had one outing where he gave two earned runs, three one zero. Uh, if you take those two starts out of it, he's been lights out. And I mean, we've seen him pitch with Yachty this entire time and whenever Yachty's behind the plate he is an electric pitcher his stuff's good he has swing and miss stuff I you just got to trust the guy exactly plus when when the first the top two hitters on your opponent's team are left-handed hitters I mean Ollie must be having a sweet dream about that Yeah. Yeah. Well, but we'll see what happens. I mean, we yeah. don't know. We're not going to bank think, on game three. Yeah. We're not going to bank on th- game three because I think we're going to win the first two, but we'll see. Yeah. I feel really confident we're going to win game one. I feel uber confident we're going to win game two. So I wouldn't be surprised if we sweep. Let's put it that way. But the ultimately, whenever you look at our pitching matchups, just in general, uh, we're going up against Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, both really good, both throw from the right side, I believe. I think Aaron Knowles is a right-handed pitcher. But yeah, they're, they're, they're both righties. You have to think, though, if you're the Phillies and you look at the guys in our lineup, primarily if you just look at Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Pujols, you have to think, well, there's no way in hell I'm putting a left-handed starter out there. So kind of expected that to be coming. Oliver Marmol did say that no matter what against lefties or righties, Albert Pujols is going to be in the lineup, which I feel like is a lock at this point. The way he's swinging the bat, there's no way you can't have old man Pujols in the lineup. He's the life of this team right now. So, I agree. But I like our odds, especially we actually have better stats. So, I'm feeling confident. I think we're going to win the series. I wouldn't be shocked if we win 2 0. We're going to win it on Sunday. So, that's what I think. Plus, if you're. If you remember, the last time the Phillies made the playoffs was 2011. And may I remind you of what happened in that 2011 NLDS? Mr. L. Squirrel came on that field and helped propel the Cardinals to the World Series. So... Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. That's all there is to say. I'm excited. I'm glad uh, Dakota Hudson's not going to be up here. I'm glad Matthew Libertor's not going to be up here. I think it helps us that we have Jordan Walker, or not Jordan Walker, Jordan Hicks oh. activated. <laughs> if we had Jordan this Walker called up, I would shit a brick. <laughs> I was like, well, when the hell did that happen? No, uh, we, we activated Jordan Hicks, which I feel like if he's right, there's no other better reliever for one inning of work than Jordan Hicks. I'm feeling confident. I feel confident. One and a third. Yeah, <laughs> Just one don't and a third, even give him maybe. the extra two. Yeah. Don't even yeah. go bother with the two thirds. 
no, no, don't. If he gets four batters, you better take him out of the game stat. Mm-hmm. It's either, um, if since we have the extra, it's not confirmed, but it's assumed that he's taking Christian place. Briggs and Stratton. Yeah, Briggs and Stratton. I, I don't know. He. I think that we're He's in it. He's been good since we got him. I know. That's kind of what I was thinking, but. I, I don't mind him. I think that he's done pretty well. I mean, no. better than I expected. But. Yeah. It, it, I mean, that just shows almost what a change of scenery and a reset can do because he was he was pretty rough with the Pirates, but he's been pretty decent for us, ultimately, I would say. But we're still going to have yeah. – I assume we're still going to have Andre Pallante from the right side along with Gio and Helsley. So I think if it comes down to it, I think if we get to – both of the teams have to make early – calls to the bullpen, I think we have the upper hand for sure. Definitely. And that's and yeah. that's with me not knowing anything about the Phillies bullpen. Well, I'd put our bullpen up against anybody's. So I've I think I've covered about everything I want to cover for this wild card weekend. Great. Do you guys got anything else you want to add? Uh nope. I'm ready to watch it. Same here. How about this BS of it being at one oh seven tomorrow? Well, it's better than eleven o'clock in the morning, I guess. I mean, who's yeah, playing? But... Is it the Blue Jays? They playing at eleven? Uh, I thought maybe, maybe twelve. I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I don't know. This is just this is just classic MLB complaining about the ratings, and then they <laughs> post yeah, the first first game of the playoffs at uh, midday on a Friday. Like, what yeah. the hell? Oh, well. Who cares about our fans? They'll be at work. Yeah. I will be listening to it at work. I'm I, Actually, if I can get it on the TV at work, I'll probably watch it. Yeah, I'm going to do something, at least have the game cast going while I'm seeing patients. So. I, I should be done, actually, with work by then. So I'll definitely get it on the radio on my drive home. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, Mr. Med School. <laughs> I can't help it, but... My my uh my boss is pretty understanding. Hell, she might want to watch it too. So I don't know. Get some popcorn going. But Jake, you have anything for us for the? Um, no, the Arizona Fall League's going on. Uh, the only kind of cool things that have come out of that is that Tink Hintz looks pretty nasty, and they've moved uh Jordan Walker into center field for some looks, and that's just you know probably based on what other young guys they have that's playing over there. Got a dedicated left fielder, dedicated right fielder, and yeah. why not give him some looks at center field? Um, it's kind of out of the out of the control of the the ball club, I think. Our ball club is just wherever, you know, play him. And he's he's doing – I think that he's doing okay. He said that he is having a little more trouble picking the ball up off the bat in center field uh, compared to right field. He had 24 starts in right field with um, Springfield. And he's, you know, seems to be taken okay to center field so far. But you don't see very many six-foot-five center fielders out there. Yeah. Well, and the transition to center field is a little bit different as well. I I think it just takes time. Well, I think think uh, a lot of people don't understand like if you're not a center fielder, if you've gone your entire life not being a center field, and then you move into center field, 
it's like completely different. Looking it's at a world of different. Bat, you can't yeah. see it. The pitcher throws the ball off the back. Sometimes is hidden by the pitcher, depending on where you're playing. Um, and you can get so easily burned on not catching the ball off the bat and getting the right break. I mean, and yeah. you look stupid because of it, whereas it might be a little easier in left and right field. Yeah, it's a tough transition, but I, given enough time, I think he'll take to it. Yeah, but other than that, I really don't have anything. Okay. I don't have anything for betting lines. I haven't been betting much. Lost uh, some decent amount of money, so I'm taking a little break. I think I'm definitely going to throw down a good chunk of change on the Cardinals winning this wild card series. Uh, that's, like a that's all I'm going to bet. Uh, yeah, uh, if I had that, um, that'd be nice. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to throw down any kind of money like that. Remove a couple zeros and maybe, but I, I, I don't know. I just, it makes me nervous. I'm not saying I don't have faith in the boys because obviously I have, I have the utmost confidence because I've been talking about it, but there's just too many, uh, too many inconsistencies with the offense for me to bet a good amount of money on the boys, but I think they're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to bet, but I did win a little parlay. I think I won 40 bucks. Hell yeah. Off a $5 bet. I just barely squeaked by too. I bet on Wainwright getting four strikeouts, Donovan getting a hit, Burleson getting a hit and Pujols getting an RBI. Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah, brother. So I was happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, something that we're doing, not necessarily a little bit different on this episode, but um, the regular season. Yeah, it's taking the, we're doing the regular season awards, which is just kind of replacing the player of the week for this episode. Yeah, we're going to go through hard players that we think deserve the utmost awards of this time. So starting off, we're going to go with the Stan Musial MVP award. Who do you got red? I, I think it's been obvious the way I've talked about this guy. My, my guy is Paul Goldschmidt. Okay. And he hit three, 317, 35 homers, 115 RBIs, 106 Run score a 404 on base, 578 slugging percentage, a 982 OPS, 178 hits, 79 walks, struck out 141 times, and 561 at bats, and 151 games played. It, it's hard to have any argument as to why Goldie should not be the MVP. He just an absolute just stud. Not, yeah, just, just not out the Cardinals, but possibly the entire National League as well. Exactly. I think your your next best bet as far as the, the National League is probably Freddie Freeman. I mean, realistically, because that's the only other guy that I can think of that's put up that kind of season, and it's not even close. Well, it's it's close, but it's not that close to what Goldschmidt's done. I mean, really, the only thing he's edging Goldie out on is average. Yeah. He's batting to a 325 average, but he only has 21 homers compared to Goldie's, what, 35? 
Uh, Goldie's beating yeah. him in RBIs. I don't know about walks or strikeouts. I try not to pay attention to those. I'm pretty sure Goldie's beating him in OPS at this point. Um, yeah, Goldie's first in OPS and slug, I think, still. Yeah. So, But, yeah, just, it, that's the thing. It's like I, I think that you have to pick Goldie as an MVP, but I'm going to even say that Arenado, are you in the same position to win if you don't have a third baseman throwing to him? I don't know. That's the thing is you can argue on our team, on the Cardinals in general, if you take – you can't argue with Goldie's bat, but two, a two ninety five average with 30 home runs and 100 RBIs on a season is MVP caliber for a team, period, oh, in my yeah. opinion. Especially whenever you're going to get the gold glove for the 10th consecutive time or whatever, however many you have. And – you continuously perform in big time scenarios, you know, whether it's on defense, you save, I don't know what his defensive run saved is. You guys can look it up for me if you want to, but it's ridiculous. I I could make a case and say that Arenado on this team could be a a most valuable player as well. Oh yeah. Say in normal year, normal year, it would be a coin flip between Goldie and Arenado. Yeah. So, and you could even make the argument, especially in September, that Pujols is an MVP. I mean, not as the entire year, but if you, if you don't have Pujols, it, August through, especially September, I don't know. Is it is the race for the division as easily won? I, I say I no. I think I think not. I think that there's a potential and a real possibility that the Brewers win. Yeah, without absolutely. Pools. So those are. And uh, if you would have told me that because of 42 year old Albert Pujols, the Cardinals won the NL Central, I, I at the beginning of the season, I will laughed in your face. <laughs> yeah. Well, and. I, I'm still there's still some speculation that uh, Pujols isn't 42. I'm gonna say he's every <laughs> bit of 47. No kidding, like he he's got to be 45, has to be. There there is speculation that he's not 42, that he's 45. Which and I don't that makes it honestly a little bit even more impressive. Yeah, I'm gonna say he's maybe 52 or 62. <laughs> Yeah, he's Just, he's yeah. in that ballpark area, but um, yeah. I think uh, uh, yeah, the only thing hurting Pujols is that he just he was only a stud for half the season. Yeah, yeah, right. That's a, that's the only thing. I mean, if you if you replicate the second half of the season in the first half, you're not just talking about a Cardinals MVP. You're talking about league MVP. So yeah. and I th- and I think he's probably National League comeback player of the year. He might be, even though he was never gone. But uh, that's what I was going to pick. But kind of moving into that. Oh well, Ram, I, go ahead. Who's your um, MVP? <laughs> no, uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything witty. Yeah, it's got to be Goldschmidt. That's the only way. It. Mm-hmm. I we know my love fest I have for Nolan. I'm so in love with Nolan Arenado. It, it's such a close second, but you just 
can't deny the stats. You can't deny what Goldschmidt's done. You can't deny the career year that he's had. You can't deny the impact that he makes at first base. Uh, we talk about the defensive plays other guys make all the time, like Edmund, Arenado, and everything, but you have to realize that there's another piece on the end of that that makes a big difference. And nobody in the MLB is as good defensively as Paul Goldschmidt is at first base. So, Yeah, especially even balls off the bat. Balls off the bat, balls thrown maybe up the line or a little bit low that he's picking, balls that he's fielding himself and making good decisions on where to throw it or if he's cutting the ball off from the outfield. It, he's just stud. Stud. Moving on. So, moving on, we now have the Bob Gibson Ace Award. Anybody want to start out? Yeah. Um, my Bob Gibson Ace Award goes to Jack Flaherty. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Michaelis. Yeah. And because and his ERA is, I think it could be, if you took, I want to know what his ERA is. I guess I could calculate it. And I, it, not, it is. It's three point two nine. Well, yeah, it's, that's I knew that, but I was gonna say, I want to calculate it if you take that big ten run first inning or whatever <laughs> out of the equation that he had against Colorado, which I could do. I could calculate it out, but yeah, I'm you, not. You keep talking. I'll work on it. Okay. I just think that Miles is is a shoe in, and you could argue other guys as well. Wainwright's been great, especially for his age, but. I just feel really confident with Miles on the mound, and I think that he is second, or if he's not second, he's third in innings pitched in the National League. Uh, you can trust to go deep. He's going to go deep. He's a good pitcher. He's got a 3.29 ERA. He went 12-13 and 13 on the season, but if you'll remember back probably, what, June, whenever we couldn't, hit the broad side of a, we couldn't hit a beach ball in a phone booth. Um, Miles was getting us eight, eight, you know. Yeah, eight seven, innings. eight, nine, yeah, and start. Yeah, and we would get, a, we would get a, a loss. So I think that if you take some of those crappy games out of the equation, he's easily uh, maybe. Like 15 what, six, and nine or something. Yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, he has 153 strikeouts and only 39 walks on the year. He's just – he's been good. He's just – that's all there is to say. 202.1 innings pitched. The only time that um, he's gotten close to that was in 2018. He pitched 200.2, so he got two more innings this year. Um, I guess it's two-thirds instead of .2, but he's given up 170 hits, 81 runs. Uh, only 74 earned runs. He's given up 25 bombs, um, which is okay. You know, whatever. 39 walks, which is good. Not his best year um, as far as that goes, but still very respectable. And a 1.03 walks plus hits per inning pitch, which is pretty good for a starter all the way through the year. So batting average against is only 226. He's been a he's been a good pitcher this year. He's our ace, I would say, and has been pretty consistently, except for maybe a couple of hiccups here and there. I'm I've pretty much said I'm ready for Miles to pitch every time he comes back up. You ready for this? I'm ready. So if you take that ten earned run start out of his 
stat line. And I just put in there, let's say he gave up two earned runs because that seems pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. That drops his ERA from 3.29 to 2.94. Yeah, I was going to say, he's that's that's a whole different deal. No, he, yeah. Miles Michaelis for me is definitely our Bob Gibson Ace Award winner of the year. Granted, he's got a 12 and 13 win loss record, but I mean, not necessarily his fault whenever your ERA is 3.29. Just give the guy some damn run support. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's but what I was saying. He's, he's pitched he's pitched to a whip of 1.03 this year. Uh he has a 1.1 home run per 9, only 1.7 walks per 9. It stud. It is this I think this is the first unanimous award because Michaelis is also my Bob Gibson award winner. Yeah. So the the answer could be different if Quintana and Montgomery pitched the whole season for us, but I'm not even going to consider them because we've only seen them have about eight starts apiece. So, yeah, we'll talk about it this time next year and see. Yeah, exactly. So let's move in uh, the Bruce Souter Reliever Award. I'm going to say uh, this, this. This is, is also going to be unanimous. Well, is it? It should or is be. It, is it, it should be debate? unless you unless you come out with something crazy. Well, are we talking about closer? Or just reliever. relievers in general. Well, you can easily I mean, say if you take Helsley's going to be a, a shoe in, obviously. But if you take him out of the equation, could you consider Andre Polante as a guy? No, who has he started in? half the season. Okay, that's what I was going to say. If if Polante is eligible, there you can make a case for that. But he's outside of Helsley, obviously. But, I mean, realistically, I don't even think it's fair to throw Helsley in. That's what I'm saying. Oh, we No, 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 no. I'm disagreeing with you. I'm saying that you can't not include Helsley because he's a closer whenever he only has 19 saves. He's been in 54 games and only has 19 saves. Like, he... He's not just a closer. He he is the guy we put in whenever we need to put our best reliever on the mound. So that's why he absolutely has to be included. Yeah. Well, then it's Helsley. Okay. Next. Next. <laughs> Red is yours the same? Yeah. Okay, good enough. He threw 104.2 miles an hour, or 104.3, whatever. Velocity junkie here. Uh, he, he wins. All right, Bob the Builder Utility Man Award. I am going to go with Tommy Edmond. Yeah, there's only one answer. You can't go with Brendan Donovan when he's your rookie of the year. Is he? Yeah. Mine. Uh, Brendan (laughs) Donovan's also my rookie of the year. Liberatore was pretty good. Yeah. He was really good. Anyways, Tommy Edmond. Yeah, Tommy Edmond. He's a stud. Yeah, he's number one in defensive, defensive run saved in second base and at shortstop, or at least he was up until recently. I doubt that's ever that's changed. I don't think he's given up any. Um, <laughs> he's a stud. He's just you can throw him in left field. You can throw him in right field. I'm I would be confident putting Tommy Edmond. He's he's okay at third base. He's done well at third base this year uh, of the innings he's played there, which has been in the teens or twenties. No, not maybe not even that that many. Probably teens. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but he's you, you're going to be confident wherever you put him, and he's 
undervalued in the eyes, not of the of the team, the team values him, but across the MLB, if you're looking at war, he's going to be top 10. And nobody else in the MLB is going to talk about Tommy Edmond. No. Which is sad. Unless you're John and, Boy and Media. My favorite. John Boy loves Tommy Edmond. Rightfully so. And, and dude had 32 steals. Yeah. Here's a stat for you. This is not to regress on anything we just talked about, but this just came across my Twitter. Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber are a combined one for 15 with six strikeouts and no extra base hits against Jose Quintana. (laughs) Exciting. Favorable matchup. Let's hope they keep that up. Big Red laughs maniacally. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and last award that we're going to give out is the Albert Pujols Rookie of the Year Award. Brendan Donovan. Yeah. Once again, only one option. Yeah, I think some people could make the uh, argument about Yepes, but Yepes has to play the whole season. I I, I was going to say exactly the same thing. If he plays the whole year, he he has a shot, but he played 60 games. Mm -hmm. Well, and I really don't think that that's Yepes' fault either. I mean, he got in trouble with the forearm strain, whatever, yeah. But he spent a lot of time in AAA when he could have been back with the team. He did. Well, he spent a lot of time down there when he didn't, whenever we were trying to figure out whether Nolan Gorman or not could uh, be good enough to play up here. Juan Yepes is the one that suffered whenever we were going with the Nolan Gorman experiment. Yeah, the, but the same the way enough. that the same way that Brendan Donovan was the one who suffered whenever we were young. Not only do I think that he was the one that suffered, I think that Alec Burleson suffered more than anybody as far as you know you got a 23 year old who hits yeah. 315 330 actually in triple a yeah. best hitter in all of triple a and you're dicking around with paul DeYoung and uh nolan gorman god bless him i like gorman i really want him to do good but you've dicked around with him for way too long yeah i understand the young's out of options and we can't do anything about that but why not bring the big boy up let him let yeah. him get his feel before the postseason. If you bring him up, I'm this is my opinion, which means nothing. If you bring him up late August instead of mid September and he gets, I don't know, 30 more at bats, say, I think that it looks complete. Our roster looks different going into the postseason. I really do. I, I think yeah. that his average doesn't show it, but he takes just as good of at bats as Brendan Donovan. And I think he's more aggressive on pitches that he thinks he can drive um, than Donovan is. Because Donovan's gotten burned a couple times looking on on third strikes where I don't think Burleson would. Because he, he – no, I'm not taking anything away from Donovan. Because yeah. I love him. Bur- Burleson ultimately should have been called up in July. Yeah. And that's, yes. and that's, the, that's the only answer. Yeah. Even early August. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. That, that's it. Beside the point. Didn't happen. So. Didn't happen. Besides the point. Brendan Donovan's the rookie of the year. Yeah. If you don't have Spencer Strider in the mix, I think you can definitely argue that Brendan Donovan is the National League rookie of the year. Yeah. But I he think did. Spencer Strider has that one locked up pretty tight. All right, guys. Uh, well, well, there's 
one one more award that I personally want to hand out because I think he he should sh- should be more than an honorable mention, and that's that Adam Wainwright comeback player of the year mentioned him er- earlier. It's Albert Pujols. Okay. Mine's, mine's, to... mine's still Jack Flaherty. <laughs> Why? How did we come to the point where we named this the Adam Wainwright? comeback player of the year because of his tommy john okay surgery and he landed okay. in that and that torn achilles you could argue injury, that you injury could also argue came that, back way earlier than you know expected i mean you could argue that but you could also argue the miles michaelis comeback player of the year because i mean michaelis had to go pitch overseas because he wasn't even on a big league roster let let to uh, i just Came up with a name on the fly, and I didn't even – I completely forgot Miles pitched overseas for a it's, couple of seasons. Yeah, that's he right. pitched – I think he pitched overseas for four years. Yeah. Because well, he, he left there – he left Texas in 2014, and then okay. we picked him up in 2018. The Adam Wainwright and Miles Michaelis, comeback player of the year. Well, I think it's just because you winner. hate Miles Michaelis, Red. That's why. Here's my Bob Gibson Award winner, mm-hmm. dude. It should be the it should be the Stephen Matz comeback player of the year. <laughs> Not yet. I don't tell think. me I'm wrong. Not yet. I love Stephen Matz. I would go I to war too. for Stephen Matz. Maybe next year if Stephen Matz comes out and pitches like Michaelis, then you can name it that. Oh, dude! I next year Stephen Matz is going to be an ace. Don't be I shocked hope. if he wins the Cy Young. I hope. I think that I would shit a brick if. Uh, Steven Matz gets the opportunity to spot start a game here in the postseason. I would die. And watch it be in the NLCS against the Mets. No, the Mets. (laughs) I'm not even confident the Mets are going to get past the Padres, let alone the Dodgers. I don't know. We'll see. I think that if I think that the Mets can beat the Dodgers, I don't want them to. You'd rather play the Dodgers? I think I would too. Yeah. 100%. Not really, but I just don't want to play the Mets. Fuck the Mets. With our with our track record against the Dodgers, I think I'd rather play the Dodgers, honestly. Especially in, in playoff baseball. Yeah. I exactly. want to see a good old fashioned mound charge in game seven uh, of did you, some did, game. Did you see what uh Pete Alonzo said? I I'm not saying that I'm ever gonna respect Pete Alonzo because I never will. But they asked him today if they thought that the playoff uh format was unfair because they've won like a hundred games or whatever and they're a wild card team and his response was no we got swept by the or uh they said that they think it was unfair and he said no we got swept by the cubs and i'm like yeah. you know what i respect any man who gives a little cub slander yeah that's funny oh okay little me pete you just became a little bit bigger still little me pete but just a tiny bit bigger. He's just he's just below average meat, Pete. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Let me tell you. I'll be the first not to tell a, you. Not a damn thing. <laughs> Something to be proud of. <laughs> Moving on. That's all I had on our agenda, Red. What do you got for this week in Cardinals history? Oh, a long, glorious list. Bob Gibson 
throws a complete game against the Astros, winning his 20th game for the first time in 1965, on October 3rd, 1965. Also on October 3rd, Dennis Eckersley is born in 1954. On October 4th, Hall of Fame manager Tony La Russa was born in 1944. And Tony, please stay retired this time. Congratulations on your second retirement, but please stay retired. Also on October 4th, Tony La Russa and Foster Kyle Loesch is born in 1978. On October, oh, uh, October 5th, the previously aforementioned Rally Squirrel appears in the fifth inning of Game 4 of the 2011 NLDS against the Phillies. On October 6th, the Cardinals beat the Braves in the first ever one game wild card in 2012, which is best known for the controversial in infield fly call. On October 8th, the Cardinals beat the Padres 6 2 to win the 2006 NLDS and the inaugural season of Bush Stadium 3 as Chris Carpenter. Gets the win in that game. Now, October 9th, the Cardinals defeat the Detroit Tigers 11 to nothing in Game 7 of the 1934 World Series, clinching the third World Series title in nine years and in franchise history. And that's been this week in Cardinals history via historyofcardinals.com. Fantastic. All right. Thanks, Red. No problem. <laughs> you guys got anything else you want to add? Any final thoughts? Nope. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Albert, Yai, and Wino for being such a big part of our childhoods and joy retirement yep and uh well it starts today that technically i guess it starts tomorrow the road to 12 i feel confident let's hope yep we'll uh we'll see you guys in the world series <laughs>